It's interesting to note how um, when you learn Pnimi Satora, you learn the inner meaning of things, it like changes around the whole, the whole picture. It's like a totally different thing. It's in every aspect. Um, but especially it's striking when on the literal and simple level it's totally negative. But then when you learn the inner meaning, it actually turns out that it can be very positive. So in this week's Parsha, we talk about, first of all, talks about Yosef. That Yosef was Yifei Toar, Yifei Mare, that he was a good-looking guy. And, you know, we see that this fact that he was, uh, he was doing his hair and he was beautifying himself, he was making himself look good, this actually was part of the whole story with Potiphar, his wife, Aisha's Potiphar, that she took a liking to um, Yosef, and she wanted to sin with him. So this seems to be uh, something which is negative. But the Rebbe in the Sicha explains that the real beauty when we're talking about Yosef, he was Yefei Toar, Yefei Mare, even though it means literally, but it comes from being perfect in the observance of mitzvahs. And the Yifei Toyar comes mainly for being perfect in all the mitzvahs say. And Yifei Mare comes from being perfect in uh, mitzvahs Losase. The Rabbi says Yosef represents the idea of adding, bringing in more people, bringing in more people to Yiddishkeit. As we see that when Rachel named Yosef, she says, Yosef Hashem li bein acher. Hashem should add another son to me. But the way Hasidus teaches it is Yosef Hashem li bein acher. To make the acher, somebody who's a stranger, and turn him into a son. Bring him into Yiddishkeit. That is the idea of Yosef. This is also the Rebbe connects a lot to the previous Rebbe's name, being that his name was Yosef. That what he did was, was he reached out and he took from the people who were Akhir, who were deaf, who were far away and distant, and he turned them into a bank. But the Rebbe says it's important to remember that you yourself have to be Yifei Toyer, Yifei Mare. In other words, that if you want to be successful in making from the Akhir a bane, that you want to bring somebody else close to Yiddishkeit, you got to be strong in your own Yiddishkeit yourself. Uh, we heard... Um, uh, quoted uh, this uh, Dr. Rabbi Sachs from Chief Rabbi of London, he said that Goyim respect Jews who respect Judaism. And the Rebbe writes in many areas, many places, that if you have uh, respect for Torah, if you have respect for God, so then, and you, sh- the other person senses that you're sincere, uh, then they um, they actually are impressed with it. They are. I just heard a. Uh, they played on one of the sites. They played a uh, a debate, a so to speak debate. I, mean, I don't want to get into the politics of it, but it's just the the idea. They're playing a debate over there. One of the guys they came to the Kinnus Hashluchim over here, and he's a reporter actually. So he's not like a Chabadnik, Chabadnik as you would say. He was. Uh, he's close to Chabad. And they brought down a report, they brought him down to the Kinnus HaShluchim. And when he came back, I, I'm, I'm not sure what he's, 
what he reports on, I think he reports on, um, on maybe politics, Israeli politics or something, but some just nothing to do with Yiddish guy per se. He's just a regular reporter about, he has his field of expertise. But he came back, and when he came back to Israel after the Kinnas HaShluchim, one of the uh, radio commentators uh, had him on, on, the, uh, on the broadcast, and he, uh, and he started asking. It turns out that this sort of not Chabadnik, or not such, a, is a very strong you know, follower of the Rebbe, and he's very strongly was endorsing, you know, Mashiach and everything else, you know, he seemed like, almost like what we would consider extremist on the other side. But he said it with such, like with such sincerity, with such innocence, and that the one who was interviewing and, you know, being a little cynical, being a little, you know, wise guy, he was, you know, sort of trying to set him up, make him look. But you went away from the interview, everybody went away with, you know, totally impressed. Here you have a reporter who is not, you know, not Chabad, 100% in the sense he's not part of the system. And yet he is very fervently in touch with the Rebbe, with Mashiach, with everything. He is very strong. And this made a big tumult. So the next... They, they had the official spokesman from Chabad brought him on to debate him, uh, to debate this other guy, you know. And, and again, the, uh, the, the moderator, the, 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 the radio guy, he was sort of trying to make this into a sort of a spectacle and, you know, you know score points. But, but the bottom line is that after the whole debate, and, you know, I, I'm so amazed how I heard this guy debate, you know, uh, because you could not leave the debate without uh, being impressed with this, this individual. Very sincere, very humble, very convincing, and he's very, uh, very gentlemanish, you know. And, you know, the other side was kind of getting heated up and uh, starting to say, like, strong words. And his response was always so measured and so tame and so menschlich that when you walked away from there, you said, hey, you know what? This, this, this. So I'm saying you have sometimes this idea of you know, just to, when you look good, when you look good, when you behave good, when you uh, have a, a presence and that you make a uh, a case, and if you are yourself very strongly convinced, and you do it in a way that people see, it's not just that you're trying to push a philosophy or an idea on someone that you yourself are not, you know, sure about, but you just want to uh, sort of get it out there to the public. You can see that even words or ideas which are sometimes, you know, contrary to the common thinking, you know, there is room for people to, to accept it and to realize that. That's one idea. The other idea the Rebbe brings out over here is that, you know, what Potiphar did, you know, amounted to adultery. She wanted, she was trying to entice Yosef. And yet we know what the sages tell us, the Rashi quotes it in one place, in, 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 in the Chumash Rashi quotes it, 
that she intended l'shem shemay, that she actually uh, wanted to do it in in for the sake of Hashem, because she knew that she had to have children, uh, descendants, you know, from Yosef. She thought it was her. She didn't realize it wasn't her. It was really her daughter. It was Osnas Baspaitifera. So she thought it was her. So here you have an act which seemed like the most severe sin to go have a relationship with Yosef while she's married to Petifer. And yet, we see behind it, there is a kavana, could be a kavana l'shem shemaim. So what the Rebbe takes from this is a lesson that even when we see sometimes things that are, look totally negative, they look like an avera, they look like bad, they look like something that is the worst thing, there is, there is two approaches that we can have. One way is we say, this is bad, let's go fight it, and let's just not let it in, and let's just go against it. That's one way. The other way, and a more satisfying way, is to be able to realize in everything that Hashem sends you that this is just a test. To be able to realize that why is an Aishas Petifer coming to it's L'shem Shemaim. In other words, there is some hidden and deeper kavona to get you to be better in order not, of course, not to succumb to it, but to be able to visualize, not to look on things that are bad. They are really bad, and therefore we have to fight them. But to see that even the bad comes from Hashem. And the Rebbe brings down from the... Uh, the Rebbe brings down in Tanya, sometimes you have a person trying to concentrate in his davening. And then a goy comes and he starts interfering and doesn't let him davening. So the Alter Rebbe says that you should see that it's meant to increase your kavanah in davening. So one can say, well, the goy is, is, is there, he's disturbing, he's no good, let's just battle him, the goy. Mm-hmm. Or we're talking about goy literally, or the goy that's within each one of our hearts. But the Rebbe says that the real approach is, and the better approach is, to realize that Hashem is putting those tests in our way. Sometimes He challenges us, He gives us a, a difficulty, but not that these are real. These are not really real. They're just to get us to become on a higher, on a greater madrega. And that is what it means, L'Shem Shemaim, Neskavna, that there is a Shem Shemaim for it. For Yosef, for everything else, there is a Shem Shemaim, Neskavna. And when we succeed and we overcome and we realize what the light of it is, then we can, uh, um, you know, uh, accomplish what we, what we need to be done. I think, and also, when a lot of times, you know, in, in education especially, you know, you, sometimes you have kids which are difficult, you know, sometimes there are kids that, you know, don't want to learn, or sometimes you have a behavioral problem, sometimes there is... You know, so sometimes the teachers don't know exactly what to do. They try, and they want to teach, they mean well, but they don't know what to do with such a student who is interfering, is interrupting the class, is not allowing for the teacher to learn, being disrespectful. So one way is to start fighting that kid, you know, sending him to the principal, sending notes home to the to the parent. I don't know if I told you this thing, we're going to have my already, but... There was once a parent who, um, uh, who had a kid, and the kid misbehaved. The teacher would call up the, uh, the father literally every other day, 
telling him how terrible his kid was, and he's, he's doing such terrible things in school, and he, he's lost, he doesn't know what to do with him anymore. So finally the father says to him, what do you want me to do? <laughs> he says, God gave me such a kid, and that's the kid, that's the way he behaves, so what am I supposed to do, he says. So the teacher says, you know what? Put him on Ritalin, he says, <laughs> and you'll calm him down. So the father says, fine. You know, you want to put him on Ritalin? I'll put him on Ritalin. So, but the father said, you know, there's a stigma attached, you know, a kid takes Ritalin. So the teacher said, we'll do it in a very quiet way. So nobody, nobody will know. It will be done. I said, what am I going to do? He says that in the morning when I'm going to send your boy, the, the troublemaker, I'll send him to go get me the coffee in the morning that I drink. And we'll have, you know, the pill right there uh, next to the coffee. And, you know, nobody will know. He's going to get me a coffee and he'll take the riddle. And, you know, fine. You know, two weeks, three weeks later go by. The, the, the teacher doesn't call the father. The father finally is, wants to know what's going on. And he calls the teacher back. He says, no, how is my son? What's going on? He says, a little angel. You won't believe it. This kid is the best kid. He just listens and he's quiet and he's just good and he's controlled and no problem at all. It worked. So the father was really amazed. You know, I mean, he didn't see his kid so different at home. So he goes to the inn, he says to this kid, he says, he says, what's going on? He says, yeah, he says, every day. He says, I go out to get the coffee. He says, what do you do? He says, I drop the pills in the teacher's coffee. He says. So, you know, sometimes, but, you know, sometimes the way to overcome the challenges is not by challenging the challenge, but rather to find ways to uh, compensate and to supplement and to give other ways, not to say that there isn't problems, but when, you know, you don't take it on head on, but you look at it as a challenge to overcome, then the Abishter, with the Abishter's blessings, you can be successful to overcome those challenges.